0: We've been saying for the past couple of weeks that things are really scary uh, out there, especially on the internet. And I mean it, the news and Twitter and Facebook, it's scary and I don't know about you, but in the last couple of weeks, I feel like at times I have felt like I was drowning in negativity. And so uh, for the last couple of weeks, I have been trying to consume more of a balance in my media and the truth is there are so many bright spots popping up all over the internet right now uh, where people are committed to filling our timelines and our stories uh, and our news uh, outlets with music and hope and words and laughter and beauty. The artists are emerging from the madness and they are doing exactly what we need them to do. Every day I find myself looking forward To how my friends are using this time and space to create uh, and challenge the best way that they know how by making music or art or reading poetry or cooking. Um, Just like a plug here. If you uh, love an artist, especially a local one, uh, then support them, find a way to support them in this because the bars are closed and the coffee shops are closed and the galleries and the venues and and all of these things are closed. And so we need them in this moment. So let's find ways to support them. Um, But uh, so I've been looking forward to it. I've loved watching how people have created beautiful things in the middle of this madness. And so uh, two minutes members of a band that I love who had to cancel a load of sold out uh, stadium shows this spring and summer. They are using their personal Instagram accounts to do what they call empty living room concerts. And for me, I, I look forward to it every day. It's like this little daily burst of hope in the middle of the madness. And that's what good art tends to be, right? Good art is like a container for what we need the most, but we have trouble accessing on our own. Uh, N.T. Wright, when he talks about uh, the verse that Aaron just read to us of the triumphal or the triumphant entry of Jesus, he says, when we read this correctly, we engage it like we would art. We engage it like performance art or what he says is street theater. Jesus riding into town on a donkey is best understood within the container or the framework that, of the art that Jesus used most, the art of the story. Jesus, he was always telling stories. We call them parables, stories about sons and seeds and uh, Samaritan caretakers. It was Jesus's primary mode of sharing information with people. Parables are most often thought of as the stories uh, Jesus told about God and his kingdom through words or word pictures. Uh, But that wasn't the only way that Jesus told a story. Here uh, in the triumphant entry, it's an example of Jesus living out a story. Rather than a spoken parable, it's an acted parable. It's a moment where the majority of the weight is on what Jesus is doing versus what Jesus is saying. And the stories of Jesus, whether they were being said or lived out, they always have these unexpected elements in them. Just like what Aaron read to us out of Matthew this morning, the acted parable um, in this moment is not really what anyone expected it to be. The story starts first on the outside of town. Jesus and his disciples, they're coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And the timing of this moment is incredibly important. It's a symbolic piece of the story, a symbolic piece of the art. The Passover is the Jewish celebration of the story of the Exodus. It's a festival celebrating God rescuing the sons of Israel from death at the hands of Pharaoh. It's the celebration of the sons who were spared... This is the scene for the story that begins the journey of the cross. This is Jesus living out the celebrations of sons who were spared with the full knowledge that he will not be. It's an incredible scene. Jesus, uh, then uh, they get to the Mount of Olives and Jesus sends a couple of disciples into town and he tells them to go grab some donkeys. He says, you will see a donkey and her baby tied up. Untie them and if anyone asks, just say, the Lord needs it. Uh, Here's the comedy part of the story. I think this is hilarious. And I think it's supposed to read hilarious. It's funny. If someone uh, says, why are you stealing my donkey? The answer is, oh, the Lord needs it. I think that's hilarious. How would you like that job? Um, I have this challenge for everyone. If you go to the grocery store this week and you see someone who has the last roll of toilet paper in their cart, I think you should steal it, put it in your cart. And if they get onto you, just say, oh, my pastor needs it. I think that will go really well for you. Uh, The donkeys, uh, they, in this story, they may seem like a weird addition to the story, but Jesus is, is setting the stage for the story of the kingdom, the story that he's always telling, and he's doing it within the framework of the story of God. Uh, By doing it this way, he's fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah chapter nine, that he would ride into town uh, on the back of a nursing donkey. When the disciples, they come back with the donkey and her baby, they, uh, they cover the colt in their clothes, and Jesus climbs up on top of the littlest donkey, and he rides into town. And as he enters the city, Matthew tells us that uh, most of the crowd, that they take off their clothes, uh, their coats, and they, they lay them on the ground for him to ride on. They make a carpet for him out of their clothes. A crowd of people who, most of whom probably had one or two uh, items of clothing to their name, and they take them off and they lay them on the ground for Jesus to ride on. And most likely they're wearing their very best clothes. This was a celebration. They're in town to celebrate. They take off their very best clothes and they lay them in the dirt. What they're doing says more than their words could probably say. It's an act of worship. They lay their clothes on the ground as if to call Jesus the king. They lay their clothes on the ground as if to say, we will give you everything that we have. You're the king. And when they ran out of clothes, they cut palm branches and they laid them out and they waved them in celebration Both of these things, the clothes and the palm branches, uh, they're known symbols to the Jewish people. One comes from 2 Kings. The other comes from the story of Judas Maccabeus. Uh, Two stories where the Jews were living under an oppressive regime of a corrupt government. And then God comes and he rescues them uh, by overthrowing the ruling regime in order to rescue his people. They both are symbols of God's rescue by overthrowing a government. Again, uh, what they do is as important as what they say. These people, they lay down their clothes and they wave their palms uh, to celebrate Jesus as king. Because in their minds, he's the king who, who will, with might and power, uh, he will take back the kingdom and overthrow the government. But they're missing the story that Jesus is telling Their actions are telling a story, but so are Jesus's. And I think they they miss his actions. They're missing the fact that he's riding into town on a donkey. Not even like a grown donkey, a colt, a donkey that still nurses from his mother who can't even survive on his own. The weak, smallest, the weakest, smallest donkey. Kings who overthrow governments, they don't ride in on donkeys. They ride on stallions. They ride on war horses. Stallions, they're symbols of power. And donkeys are symbols of peace. Everything that Jesus is doing is telling a story. The prophecy that he's acting out from Zechariah 9, it reads like this. Uh, verse 9 says, Your king is coming, a good king who will make all things right. A humble king riding a donkey, a mere colt of a donkey. But then the next verse goes on to say this, if you read verse 10, it says, uh, God says, I've had it with war, no more chariots, no more war horses, no more swords and spears and bows and arrows. He will offer peace to the nations, a peaceful rule worldwide from the four winds to the seven seas. Jesus is telling a story. He rides into town on a symbol of peace. Jesus, he enters the town and he enters the story, the play, and every step he takes tells the people of God a different story than the one that they expected. The people know what kind of king they want, one uh, who regains the power, who overthrows the government, who takes back what they believe is theirs by birthright. But Jesus riding in on a donkey is nothing like what they expected. And isn't that the way it works? The story of Palm Sunday is the story that so many of us have lived. I don't know about you, but uh, Jesus has rarely lived or been who I expected him to be or what I expected him to be. Or Jesus has rarely done what I've expected him to to do, I found myself expecting that following Jesus uh, means that I will come up on top, that I will conquer, that things will go mostly well for me. But that truly hasn't been the story of my life. My life has been um, full of following Jesus and also full of unexpected loss and conquering uh, that often feels more like defeat than conquer. And, and my life has been full of plenty of disappointments and unmet expectations and heartbreaks. In my expectation, the kingdom of God uh, comes loud and fast. That's, that's how a kingdom feels. But, but in, in, in reality, Jesus has shown up oftentimes slower than Christmas and with a voice that the Bible calls still and small and quiet. When I've expected uh, the way of Jesus to be full of a specific kind of power, Jesus has filled my life with things that don't feel so powerful on the outside. Things like the power of rest and the power of patience and the power of peace and the power of faith. In my expectations that of this kingdom of abundancy and plenty, Jesus has come always with daily bread and rarely with six months worth of bread the way of Jesus, it has been unexpected for me at almost every turn. Uh, I love this quote by N.T. Wright. Uh, He says this, he says, we start out following Jesus because we think we know the story. We know what sort of king we want him to be. And then things go badly wrong and he doesn't give us what we wanted. And we're tempted to wonder if we've been standing on the wrong side of town, watching the wrong procession. I wonder if uh, as the week progressed, that's how the people in Jerusalem felt. I wonder if they felt like they had accidentally laid down their clothes for the wrong king. It's certainly how I felt at plenty of times in my life. Like I thought I knew how things would play out and then they went so very, very differently. But if we look uh, closely at the story of Jesus, he's been warning us of this all along warning us that we will all in our own ways and in our own lives walk through a holy week, that we will all in our own ways and our own lives walk through a garden of Gethsemane and a Good Friday on our way to Easter. He has always been inviting us to follow him, the king who rides into town on a donkey, to follow him into all kinds of death, deaths, trusting that resurrection is just around the corner. The story of Jesus is the story of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love and peace and justice coming into this world in the most unexpected ways on earth as it is in heaven. That's the story that Jesus is telling in this picture. That is the story of Jesus, that he is the king of an unexpected and wild and wonderful kingdom. If the past few weeks are any indication, the way of Jesus has uh, quite often been a journey full of the unexpected. But what is unexpected uh, to us does not throw him off the throne. He's still the king. He's still the king, the king of an upside-down kingdom, the king of love and peace and justice, the king who will do whatever it takes to rescue and renew the world, to put all things back to right in the most unexpected way. He is the kind of king who picks a donkey over a war horse. And I love Palm Sunday. I was telling Chad this morning that I love Palm Sunday. I'm so sad not to be together. And he says, why do you love Palm Sunday so much? And and I said, I love Palm Sunday because it means that year after year, there's this rhythm of revisiting the story of Jesus riding in on a donkey. And I put myself in the crowd and I wonder... uh, I wonder if, if, if when I put myself in the crowd, I wonder if if knowing everything that I know about my life and the way it's gone and and know about life and how it can go. And I wonder if if, if I'll still lay down my coat. If every year when I revisit it, would I still lay down my coat? And here's the thing, I, I would. At the end of the day, I would give Jesus every coat that I have because he's the king. He's the king of my heart. He is as wild as he is good. He is rarely what I've ever expected him to be, but he is and has always been goodness and peace and mercy and hope and love. The donkey might look weak, but the man riding on its back is not. He has never been. He is the king, an unexpected and powerful king. So if following Jesus for you uh, looks a little different these days than you expected, then you might just be on the right track. And if you feel like you don't fit in uh, anywhere, then good news, it's an upside down kingdom. And if you feel afraid at what's ahead of us, then good news, it's a kingdom of peace. And if you feel like you've gone too far and there's no way in, good news, it's a kingdom of hope. And if you feel forgotten or alone or confused or anxious or uptight or exhausted or afraid or so, so sad, then good news, the king has come and he rode on the back of a donkey with us and for us to make all of those things untrue. And nothing can prevail against him, not death, not viruses, not even the end of the world. The king has come and he's putting all the things back to right. I want to end with a quote uh, from the wonderful Frederick Buechner. He says this, he says, uh, this is our Palm Sunday hope, and it is our only hope. This is what the palms and the shouting are all about. This is what all of our singing and worshiping and preaching and praying are all about if they're about anything that matters. They are about the hope that finally by the grace of God, the impossible will happen. Uh, I want to take a few minutes and just do a slow prayer for our Selah today um, and pray uh, that God will meet us in the middle of our fear, that he will meet us in the middle of what feels wild, that he uh, will meet us as we stand on the side of the road and try to figure out if he's the kind of king worth laying down our coat for. So pray with me. God, I thank you that uh, that you rode in on the back of a donkey, the symbol of peace. I thank you that the way of Jesus doesn't always look how we expect, that peace doesn't always come how we expect it to come. I feel like we often expect that when we pray for peace, that you will just give it to us. But uh, what we learn in the scriptures is that you are actually peace. You are peace, the Prince of Peace. And so most often when we, um, when we ask for peace, what you give us is more of yourself. And so in these moments, we ask you to give us more of yourself. Will you give us more of you. And we fill us with the kind of faith and the kind of hope and the kind of love that reminds us why we laid down our coats in the first place. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.